And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 6, 1854, the first official meeting of the Republican Party was their organizational meeting. It took place in Jackson, Michigan. Today in 1535, Sir Thomas More was beheaded in England. He refused to swear allegiance to the King Henry VIII. He said, King Henry VIII is not the king of the church. Jesus Christ is. Today in 1835, John Marshall, the third chief justice of the Supreme Court, died at age 79. Two days later, they were tolling the Liberty Bell in his honor in Philadelphia. And you know what happened, probably. The Liberty Bell cracked. Now you know as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of that story. Today, in 1933, the first all-star baseball game was played at Chicago's Kaminsky Park. The American League defeated the National League 4-2. Today, in 1942, Anne Frank, her parents, and her sister entered a secret annex in Amsterdam. It was actually part of a large, kind of deserted warehouse building. They were later joined by four other people. They hid from the Nazi occupiers for two years there. And Frank was keeping a diary, as you know, and that's the backstory to that. They were discovered, arrested, and taken by the Nazis. Today, in 1945, President Harry Truman, he signed an executive order establishing the Medal of Freedom. And today, in 1957... The Harry S. Truman Library was the nation's first presidential library. It was dedicated in Independence, Missouri. Excuse me, for those of you from Missouri, it's Missouri. I know that. Today in 1971, jazz trumpeter and singer Louis Armstrong. He died in New York. He was 69 years old. And one year ago today, country music call of famer Charlie Daniels. He was a favorite of mine. He was. He was a singer. But he was a columnist, and he wrote columns, and I read them, and I I quoted them on this program from time to time. He was really an in-depth thinker. He was a very, very wise man, and he had great insights. He was also one of the world's best guitarists and fiddlers. He died one year ago today. He was 83 years old. That was kind of sad for me. I never met him, but I, I have a couple of pretty good friends that knew him very well, very personally. They spent a lot of time with him. They were always telling me they were going to introduce me to him someday, but they never did, and I never did meet him, but I sure admired him. And uh, his music isn't my favorite kind, but I like music. I like all kinds of music, but I really liked him. And the more I learned about him from people who knew him, the better I liked him. But I particularly liked the columns that he would write. It's an interesting... um, story that's kind of developing several king county washington that's seattle for those of you out of the area basically no it's more than seattle but i mean it's puget sound and east county bellevue and so on but several king county washington activist teachers revealed the crosscut that's a publication how they inject race and equity lessons into their elementary classrooms they kind of sneak it in. They were pretty open in this conversation that conversations were published. I want to share a bit of it with you and then I want to tell you what's behind all of that. 
Sometimes when we look at our world and there's so much going on, it's so confusing and discouraging sometimes. But I'd like to share a verse that Isaiah wrote in his time, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. He wrote on behalf of the Lord, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You probably already knew that. You've read that verse, perhaps. But I will tell you that that needs to be said again and again, at least to ourselves, if not to one another, in the days in which we live. There is so much of what we know as culture that's screwed up today. Everything seems to be stood on its head. Nothing seems to be right in the culture, really. But God is as active, involved, loving, caring, compassionate today as he has been throughout all of history and even before history and before time. God loves his people and God loves you. And sometimes when we look at what's going on in our world today, we say, I can't take any more of this. It doesn't make sense. God, why is this happening? And so on. I don't have the answer to why it's happening, but every day we come on this program and we try to talk about what's happening, but we do it from the context of God's word. We always try to look at what's going on as ugly and as distasteful as a lot of it is. I am fully convinced that God wants his people to be informed. He wants us to know what's going on. If I didn't believe that, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. But I believe God wants us to know, but I I equally believe and strongly believe that God wants us to be at peace, to know what's going on, but to understand that God is in control because his thoughts, his ways are higher than ours, way higher. I take... I take great peace in that. If it were up to me, I don't know. But then I see some of the leaders that we've elected, and it's even worse. But ultimately, God is in control. His ways are higher than our ways. Keep that in mind. Several King County activist teachers probably talked too much the other day. Crosscut published some of their conversation. A teacher in Kent, that's a suburb of Seattle, for those of you outside of the Seattle area. Kent in the suburb, this Kent teacher, Joanne Barber is her name. She took advantage of violent Black Lives Matter protests last year, she says, to, I'm quoting her, to teach more about race in her second grade class. She said, I am willing to be that teacher that has those hard conversations. I would be doing a huge disservice to my students if I didn't give them information that they could see themselves in. She said learning that uh, learning that racial history is just as important as reading or math. Barbara teaches children seven and eight-year-olds that slavery, quote, <clears throat> led to institutional racism, <clears throat> excuse me, institutional racism and implicit bias. She also, quote, these are her words, weaves race and equity into every subject 
and every day in her class is filled with race education. Those are her words. Patricia Sheldon is a curriculum developer in the Bellevue School District. She told Crosscut in Bellevue, we've been working very hard in grades 5, 8, and 11 to decenter the traditional white perspective and to center the voices of people of color. Shelton's colleague, this equity specialist, his name is Shomari Jones, he said he's successfully removed all the work, such as Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and To Kill a Mockingbird and others, that had any mention of the N-word. There are so many instances of students feeling further oppressed by being in a classroom space where these books are being read, he said. He said they've continued this racial trauma and racial stigma. They've made it necessary for a negatively impact student to endure while attending school. Activist teachers and administrators have begun meeting resistance from parents who argue such equity education is leftist indoctrination. These teachers and others are responding to what they see as pushback, and it is, from parents who are sick and tired of the way public education is going. I would be one of those. I don't have children. Our children are growing, but grandchildren now. If I, if I were making the decisions, I don't think I could put my children, honestly, in a public school today. I don't think I could do it. I understand all the all of the difficulties in not doing it. I, I get that. I've been around a while. I'm over 40 now. And I understand what it takes to raise a family. And I know all of, I, I get that. But I am telling you the most precious gift that God will ever give you in your life outside of his eternal salvation would be a child. And I know some don't have children who want to have. I understand as a pastor, I've counseled many couples and talk to them about that. But generally speaking, children, the Bible says, are a gift from God. I don't know how, what, what could lead us to a point today, or lead me. I'll speak for myself and my wife. We agree. I don't know what could lead us today to put a kid in a public classroom. I mean, maybe there are circumstances where you just don't have an option. I understand that. Boy, you better, you've got to be aware of what's going on in our public schools. It is disaster, pure and simple. Anyway, these activist teachers and administrators, not all teachers are activists. I've said this a thousand times, but maybe you're a new, not a thousand times, but maybe you're a new listener. My daughter-in-law is a teacher in a public school, and she's sold out to God. Our oldest granddaughter is now an instructor in a major university. You would know it in a heartbeat here in the Northwest. I understand where the teachers are coming from, and they're not all activists for Black Lives Matter and whatever, but too many of them are. And the whole institution, the complex, the so-called government-run education complex, is drifting toward the left at an alarming speed. But activist teachers and administrators have now beginning are beginning to meet with resistance from parents 
and they're arguing that this isn't what I want my child taught. When I pay my taxes, I don't want to pay for this. And the teachers, particularly the activist ones, are resisting this. And it's not happening in a faraway place. It's happening right where you live. There are very few of any schools untouched by this. Loudoun County Schools is kind of ground zero. That's in Virginia. I've talked about that a couple of, two or three times in the recent weeks on this program. It's a suburb of Washington, D.C. Angry parents are attending these school board meetings now. And in a recent school board meeting, they were there to demand answers. But the board members faced them off and they left and called the police and asked the police to remove the parents who were attending this school board meeting because they were so outraged over what was going on in the public school. I mean, that's where we are today. It's time for school boards across America to stop being held captive by activists and special interests. They need to give parents a seat at the table. We need to start running for school boards in your community. You need to think about it, pray about it. But I mean, that's where we are now. This one activist teacher told NBC4 in the Washington, D.C. area in Virginia, but it's a greater part of the metro D.C. area. We will not back down for fighting for the rights of our students. Well, our students are their kids. And they're not going to back down. It's like they've taken ownership of your child. And that's the mindset of too many teachers. She said, we're going to stop this politically motivated antics talking about parents who are outraged because their kids are being taught stuff that they don't want their kids to be taught. So it comes down to who owns the child. Does the parent or the school, the government? But that's a major question that we've got to answer. And I'll tell you, the National Education Association, they're making their moves today. uh, today. This last week, they had their three-day convention. They did it virtually this year, of course. But they had their three-day annual convention, and they've moved openly in promoting the teaching of critical race theory, CRT, and allocating funds to research the organizations that are attacking the educators. (laughs) It isn't the organizations that are attacking the educators. It's the parents that are outraged because these teachers, this complex, education complex, is stealing the children and their minds, and their hearts, and they're indoctrinating them. Those referred to as attacking our conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation, they mention them by name, actually. They're not attacking. I mean, Heritage doesn't need me to defend them, but I know them. I know some of the people there. They're, they're not attacking anybody. They're providing information to parents who want to go there and ask, you know, informed questions at school board meetings. So now they are attacking, if anybody questions a leftist, a progressive, that's an attack. Yet they can rip everything from God himself to the beliefs and the traditions of conservative people across this country, and that's okay. That's free speech. But if you even question, whether it's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, it doesn't matter who it is. If you even question them, it's an attack. That's where we are. The nation's largest teachers union has declared war on parents and parental authority. 
That's what's going on here. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, not in relation to this conference that just ended Saturday, but just in general, he says, what's happening in public education is striking at the very foundations of our country. And I'll come back to that in a moment. It's also striking at the very foundations, the cornerstone of our culture. It's a family. God created a family, a man and a woman, a male and a female. Not confused. They know that they're male. She knows she's a female. They come together. They have kids. Somehow we just kind of knew how to do that from the beginning. We have kids, and that becomes a little pod, a little group. I know there's exceptions. I understand, again, I'm, I'm speaking from a pastor's heart. I understand that sometimes marriages don't work and families are separated and disintegrated sometimes through circumstances. I get all that. But that doesn't mean we change the model. It means we try to reach out in compassion and help those who are going through difficulties in their families. And we've done that. I've spent a lifetime doing that. But we don't change the model to conform to the culture or to conform to some who are having difficulties. But that's what the left, again, the so-called progressive, try to do. They're always trying to conform, whether it's the church, or whether it's the culture or education, they're always trying to conform those institutions to their way of thinking in regards to the culture at any given moment. And that's a changing target all the time. You never know what they believe because they're progressive. They're evolving. They don't even want the Constitution to mean what it says it means. They don't want the Bible to, to mean what it says it means. They want it to mean what supports their beliefs at any given time. Boy, Gary, that's pretty strong, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's also very serious. During its virtual representative assembly, it was held June 30 through July 3rd, which was Saturday, the nation's largest teachers union agreed to research the organizations. They've allotted money. I was reading through some of their notes and their new business item number two in the minutes from that meeting. It says they it dismisses the outrage of grassroots parents. They think they can handle the parents if they can get these organizations that are helping parents out of the way. And they call them well-funded conservative groups. In their, in their minutes, it says the attacks on anti-racist teachers are increasing, coordinated by well-funded organizations such as the Heritage Foundation. We need to be better prepared to respond to these attacks so that our members, meaning their teachers, who pay dues forcefully in many cases, <clears throat> can continue this important work. This is an outright lie. They know it is. They don't care. Heritage and other conservative organizations are providing helpful materials, as they said. They're not attacking these people. The union, whom I'm told cares little to nothing about the teachers most of the time, they're trying to cast the teachers who are advancing the critical race theory ideas as victims and the parents who strongly oppose the indoctrination of their children with CRT as the perpetrator, the bad guys. The left always calls good evil, and evil good. Light, they call darkness, and darkness, they say, is light. That's exactly what's happening in this case. The Marxist left is trying to steal our children, and when we parents object, we're attacking. The NEA intends to, quote, join with Black Lives Matter at school, 
and Zen Education Project to call for a rally this year on October 14th. That's George Floyd's birthday. They said it's, it's going to be a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression in public schools across America. Put that on your calendar or your watch or your iPhone or whatever. October 14th, that's going to be a really important day to public education. They're going to use George Floyd's birthday. I mean, he's not George Washington. I, it was horrible what happened to that man. It should not have happened. It's not right. But good grief. He had a criminal record. I mean, the police didn't know what he was going to do. I'm not defending anything. I'm just saying, can't we get real? No, we can't, apparently. NAE's adoption of these resolutions will commit NEA president Becky Pringle, their minutes say, to make public statements across all lines of media that support racial honesty in education, including but not limited to critical race theory. Yeah, parents are outraged, but they're not the bad guys. Parents across the country are swarming into these school board meetings. Ty Smith is a black father. He ripped critical race theory at a school board meeting in Illinois just a couple of weeks ago. It was like the end of, toward the end of June. Um, I was reading about this, and I kind of kept some notes on that. But anyway, he is in Illinois. And he, he said that the Marx, Marxist ideology deliberately seeks to teach children to hate each other. I put a video in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. That I write an article every day there. We publish it, and it goes out to thousands of people. It's widely read, and I'm humbled and honored. But I, I would suggest you look at that. And uh, there's, I embedded the video in there. Martha McClellan at Fox was interviewing him. And uh, I, I'm going to quote a bit of what he said, but you can see it for yourself. I mean, he's pretty wired about this, and he's pretty upset. And he's a black guy, and he's got these black kids in this school, and he's not buying any of this stuff. He hosts a daily, uh, I think it's a daily or weekly radio talk show in his area as well. He said, how do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? He asked the school board that. He went on to say, let me just share a bit of what he said. Two medical degrees, no mom, no dad in the house, worked my way through college, sat there, hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody like y'all white folks kept me from doing it? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about the whole thing, he's telling the school board this, mostly white school board. He said, but guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is you all are doing right now is already something I do in my own community right now. Speak out against this stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know, you ain't going to be not able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks, they ain't going to let you know the white man, the white man going to keep you down. And I can't mimic him, but that's what he said. Then he said, how... He said, well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? He said, what kept me down? What oppressed me? Nothing. <laughs> he said, the CRT is a lie. And of this, the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks. Are you kidding me? He said, I can't believe we're even having this conversation right now. He continued telling other parents and mostly white school board that CRT is peddling an ideology that's opposite 
of what Martin Luther King Jr. preached during his civil rights movement in the 1960s. I caught that because I've said that. I'm not a black person, but he's saying that. And it's right. Martin Luther King is so exalted in what he said, and, and rightly so in many cases. I mean, I, I admire what he said. But he didn't teach this stuff. He stood against this kind of stuff. But that's how progressivism is always evolving and changing. It's never, there are, there's nothing dependable about progressivism. He told the meeting of the CRT movement, he said, this is everything that MLK taught against. He said he taught for character, not about skin color. He said he hoped for a day when we would forget that. We wouldn't see that. We would see the character of the person. He said, I'm out in the neighborhood talking to black folks all the time. And he said, I'm telling them this stuff. And he said, why are you guys doing this? He said, I guarantee you to the day I die, I'm going to be the very right, the very person right there debunking this stuff, tearing it down, letting them know that you can do exactly what I did and you can exactly do what I'm doing. He said, you can go out and you can make something of yourself and so on. Well, I'm certain Dr. Ben Carson would agree with that and a lot of other people would agree. Have there been, is there, has there been racism? Of course there has been. But they need to get over it. They can so easily forgive the history of the Democratic Party, the KKK and all that stuff. Oh, we won't talk about that. But why can't they get over this? Yes, there were wrongs that were done. But can't we move on? Why do we have to keep black people now, down now in submission in the name of trying to help them. This black guy was calling it out. As I said, Ben Carson would agree with that. So did Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He put out a statement on Sunday, day before yesterday. He said, I'm worried about some of the things that are being taught in our schools. He said, if we teach that the United States of America was somehow flawed, it was corrupt, it was racist. That's really dangerous. He said, it strikes at the very foundations of the country. He said, I certainly worry about that. It's called critical race theory. 1619 Project, in the end, they're attacking the central understandings of what we have shared together for 245 years, and it's an attempt to divide the country. He said, if that continues, if it's allowed to flourish and prosper, then we could lose this thing that is so special to us, our country. He said, we can't let that happen. He said, I'm an optimist, but I do worry that if we become fractured or we lose faith in our constitutional principles, that somehow... Somehow, some way, some adversary like the Chinese Communist Party will come and undermine what has made this country so special. He's so right. There are concerns. It isn't about fighting for your position. It's about the concerns for we as a people and what the left is doing to this nation in the name of goodness and good and light when in fact it's dark and it's evil. That's where we are today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this Howard Lynn education, history education, but I, I don't have time to get to it today. There's more about that in the article that I wrote. Thank you for your support. We need it. Thank you for being with me today. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow.